medalist, the bronze medalist from four years ago, can't catch him. What a swim. Well done. Jack McLaughlin, he wins gold. Our 26th gold medal in the pool. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Life and Sport Podcast. And we've actually got our first Olympic swimming Yes, we've had Olympian rowers and stuff before, but our first Olympic swimmer, and he's actually an Australian Olympic swimmer, well, former Olympic swimmer, but former Australian Olympic dolphin, as they say. His name is Jack McLaughlin. I hope I didn't butcher that. It could be McLaughlin. I don't know. How's your day been? That's good. How's your day been so far, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Pretty chill, to be honest. Went for a walk this morning with the dog and my wife, and uh, got a coffee and did a bit of cleaning. That's about it. So, yeah, it was pretty chill. Yeah, nice. Well, on Sunday morning. Hey, I mean, everyone loves a good chill Sunday, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and before we get stuck into it about your career and journey, obviously this year, 2024, is an Olympic year. Um, what are you looking forward to the most, in particular, to watch the swimming-wise? Uh, like, who do you think will be the swimmers to watch at this year's Olympics on the Australian team? Oh, I think there's so many at the moment. I think um, the Australian team is, like, in a really, really good um area at the moment where there's just so many strong swimmers um like my personal just because he's a good mate of mine and trained together for a very long time is uh stack subtlety cook um, okay he and i've been really good mates and we've trained together for a long time so um he was he's the reigning olympic champion actually in the 200 meters breaststroke um oh wow and he was world record holder and that just got beaten last year so i think it'll be a really uh tight contest with him um yep. And then, obviously, some good friends of mine as well, um, Ariane Titmus, um, Kate Campbell. Yeah. Uh, likes them. Very They're good. always mainstays. They're always, yeah. you know what you're going to get when you when you see them go in the water sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. And then some young up-and-comers. Uh, Sam Short at the moment is absolutely killing it. Young fella. Um, yep. You know, he was coming up when I was um, kind of at the end of my career. And yep. I was always saying, you know, he's going to be definitely one to watch and last year he absolutely killed it at worlds um so i think he'll definitely be one to watch as well that many might not really know the name of but i'm sure after paris they will oh absolutely and if if not after then definitely com games and world champs afterwards absolutely um yeah, so yeah. obviously to anyone who's watching the video version of this when this is up i'll pop photos of each of those people that jack just mentioned so that way you guys know who to look out for at the 2024 olympics in paris this year um, but obviously this podcast is not about them. This episode <laughs> is about you, Jack. And obviously it all starts with grassroots. And first of all, what is your earliest memory of swimming? Wow. Um, earliest memory of swimming, I, I, I reckon it's just learning how to swim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like not anything major. like when Not squads or anything? No, no. It was just, I just remember always being in and around the pool. I remember just always, um, my, my older sister was um, swimming as well. And so... It was the general routine of getting picked up from primary school and going off to my learner swim classes yep. and little squads and, and everything. And I don't the know. The exact I, same with me and my older sister. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's my earliest memory of just always just around the pool and whatnot. And then and then uh, squad meet nights. And so the, the local, like the, the place you swim at, their club meet, that's what it's called, club yeah, meet yeah, nights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I think my earliest memory of that is actually a funny one because yeah. I um, – where I trained when or when I was learning swimming as a really young kid, they didn't really have the club nights. I probably had it maybe like once a month. Yeah. But um, down the road from me at my parents' place was uh, a, a state school that had you know every Friday night and yeah okay. Um, and my mum was like, oh, you know, we should sign you and your sister up and train you at one place, a club at the other place. Yeah, yeah. Just we we were very much like that as yeah. well. But but I just remember hating it because I didn't oh. go to school. 
And so I didn't know any kids. <laughs> and so I just gotcha. knew no one. And I just remember being terrified every time I went. And like, because I was a pretty good swimmer as a young kid, like I was doing well and winning. And, then, like, and they were hating you more because you yeah, weren't Yeah, all them. the kids like hated me because they're like, who's this random just rocking up and winning? And I was just like, ah. Oh. So I remember, I remember not being too fond of those, but yeah. Uh, yeah, in general, it was just learning to swim was the earliest memory, I think. Now that's fair enough. Um, very much the same. Me and my sister, she was she's older than myself. She got further than I did. She got to SOPAC um Olympic trials sort of thing years ago. Um I I made it no further than club and like local club against club sort of stuff. Yep, yeah. Um but no, I've definitely been a big fan of swimming for literally since I was a kid. Earliest memories has nice. been around the pool. Um, so that that's really cool that your earliest memories are that sort of stuff as well. Yeah. At what point did you obviously it was maybe during squads or during, you know, inter-club meets and stuff did you realize you know what i've actually got some potential here i'm going to try and you know make the olympics or make com games or make you know championships etc um it was, it was a weird one kind of thing because when i was growing up um i like a huge rugby union supporter and yep. i played rugby all my life and i really wanted to be a wallaby growing up like i think since i was about six years old when i first joined my first team yep. um i was always wanting to be a rugby player is there a um, union team that you wanted to play for? Not just the Wallabies, but I mean like Super 16s sort of thing? Yeah, the Reds. Yeah, yeah the Reds. Yeah, 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 100% the Reds. Um, and so I was growing up, I always wanted to play for them and, and go down that path. And swimming was kind of just like a thing that I did. Like a hobby? Yeah, yeah. Like I was learning to swim and I finished it, you know, like the squads and all that stuff. And I kind of just kept going with it just like on the other afternoons or whatever um and then i think it was probably like grade five uh i went to a pretty small primary school and they didn't really have no one went to you know your met north or um, yeah no Queensland state schools kind of thing and yeah um and my sister was pretty good as well and one of the teachers was like oh um there is this thing called like met north i think it's called city district as well which is like the really small one yep and they're like you guys should go that you're pretty good swimmers like you should give it a go kind of thing um and where i was training as well in swimming um all the kids did it they all went to city districts and met north and i think it was bramble bay as well as the other one um and so we heard about it and we're like oh yeah we'll give it a go um next minute gold and everything yeah i just i just remember this so clearly because um i was i was Every year, I won a champion for swimming. Yeah, um, at school, you mean, or like yeah, at school. Yeah, yes, yeah. Same with my sister. Yeah, yeah. N- and never lost the race. Um, yeah. and I went to the city district. He was undefeated. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I went to the city district, and my mum sat me down before we went in. She's like, like just as you're aware, uh, oh, like just to let you know, you know, this is not school now. This is you against everyone else, school. not just school. Yeah, yeah. Like there's gonna be really good kids here. Like you might not win. The you best of the not- best. Literally, yeah. just. Just making basically what she's doing is she's saying, you know what, look, you're now a, a small fish in a big pond compared yep. to back in against all everyone at school. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah Trying exactly. to prepare you, but next minute you school everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, next, and then next thing I know, I broke the record. Um, <laughs> Holy shit. And, um, I was not and, expecting that. <laughs> no. And my mum was like, um, okay, like, good job, good job. And then we went to Met North. Trying to keep you humble. <laughs> yeah. Met North. Sa- same thing. Um, yep. Same speech and everything. Um, and again, same thing. I broke the record. Um, and then, and then, we went, and then we went to States. Um, okay. Okay. Now it's serious business. Yeah, now, now it's serious. And, and now it's everyone like, in fucking Queensland. Yeah. And then, and then my, um, my sister, she always got to States, but she never quite went on from States. National at, sort of thing. At least at that time. Yeah. Um, and 
Uh, so mum sat me down. It's like, okay, like I know you've been doing really well, but this is like, this, this is me. Yeah. Um, now, and, uh, what, uh, were you still grade five at this point? Or was yeah, this yeah. like, you? okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I, ended up, and I ended up winning and then coming second as well. Um, so so I, you, you cleaned house again in state. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I made the Queensland team um, and I was super stoked. And like, you know, swimming was never really a thing. I was like, oh, this is sick. Like, come on, the Queensland team. Like, how good? How good? Uh, as, as a Queenslander myself? Fuck yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and then, um, then we went to the Nationals. And that was, the National one was a bit of a, like, that's when your mum's like, yeah. okay, now it's serious. Yeah. We're in SOPAC in Sydney, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> what I was it, SOPAC? Like, um, I think this one was in Melbourne, actually. Okay. Yep. I, I think I came like second or third or something. But uh, like, like that's, that's still basically cleaning house. At, yeah. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I was still super, in the nation. Yeah. And I, so I was still super stoked that like mum was really proud. I mean, you know, all that jazz. Um, Got a bloody hero's welcome back at school. I'm yeah. Guessing. Yeah. And that's when I was kind of like, oh. I'm not too bad at this thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, like I could do this. And the next couple of years kept going on. And to be honest, I probably like I wasn't as good as when I was like in when I was ten years old. I think I think I start, started slowly progressing, um, yeah. de degressing. Sorry. Um, yeah, yep, yep. And like you peaked somewhat at grade five, grade six, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And like I was still making the Queensland team. I was still yeah. going to nationals and whatnot. You're just coasting at this point, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm still rugby was still a huge thing. Um, yeah. and then in grade nine, maybe grade eight, I think. Um, swimming was going pretty rough. Um, I think I, I went through puberty quite late. I think. Okay. Um, yep. So that's why I was like I was doing well as like a ten year old, like pre puberty. Um, yep. and same with rugby. I was really good, like rep teams, rugby, um, all that jazz. Um, and I was really liking rugby and then through puberty, um, swimming kind of digressed and also like rugby also probably took a bigger hit because, yep. um, now everyone I'm, was getting bigger and stronger and you're still yeah, little yeah, kid exactly. sort of size. Yeah. And I was starting to really struggle and then my confidence started to go and, you know, yep. like, in, you know, those contact sports, once your confidence goes, you're just, you're gone. Yeah, you, you're just done. And then, like, as well, it just puts you to more risk of injury because you, like, hesitate. Exactly. You hesitate, you get hurt. Absolutely everything. Yeah. Every coach said that to you. Yeah, and I just and I hesitated and, and in contact. Anyway, got dumped on my shoulder and my collarbone just snapped. Um, and my swimming coach kind of sat me down and was like, you know, you're going to have to make a decision here of which way you're going to go. Like, you can't be trying to do both these sports. They're completely different. Um, and they both require a lot of training, especially swimming. Yeah. Um, and at that point I was like, well, you know, like this rugby thing is not looking too hot at the moment for broken collarbone. I was And swimming and I, you can't really do that with a broken collarbone either. Yeah, and I was starting to like get a bit um I didn't enjoy rugby as much because I was just so worried about getting hurt. Um, yeah, fair. So I went down to swimming park, I was like, I'll give this a go. And that time I was fourteen and I was still making nationals, but I was like, you know, just scraping it kind of yeah. thing. Um and then so I gave that a go and like you dedicated your whole self to it at this point sort of thing now? Yeah, yeah. All my sports. Like I was doing, you know, I was tennis, volleyball, rugby, name yeah. it all. But swimming was your, you decided, right, I'm going to give this a, a crack now sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is I'm, this is what I'm going to try to do. Um, next couple of years, I started slowly progressing again, started meddling in nationals and whatnot. Um, but I think the hardest bit that a, a lot of people don't really understand um, and also like parents as well is – when you're swimming, like when you're trying to make the Olympics right, you have, mm. example, the 400 free. You have yeah. two spots. For to anyone who's listening, 400 free means 400 meter freestyle. Just in yes. case anyone yeah. who's listening that may not know, I know what he's talking about, but yeah, 400 meter freestyle, which in a 50 meter pool is quite a few laps. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and you have two spots for Australians at the Olympics. Yeah. Um, now you're not only competing with your age group now, you're yeah. competing against everyone, everyone in Australia. Um, so there's basically. so so many good swimmers who have gone through nationals and won every single year. And not um, made the Olympic team. And not made the Olympic team um, because now they're competing against the age group above, age group below, and also 10 years either side. Like you could have a 30-year-old versing a 18 17, 18-year-old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Someone who's been in the Olympics three times sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. So it's not just about, you know, you, you won nationals all the way up, you're going to go to the Olympics. It's, it's so much It's tougher. not a given. It's really not. Yeah, and so... I think when I was 17, 18, I kind of came to that reali- realization. I think I was. I think that's I good though, story. rather than. I was sorry to interrupt, but that's really good that you were self aware enough to realize, hey, actually, um, it's it's not a given. You know, it's uh, I've yeah. got to earn it. And I, tangenting back to mum, as in your mum, I yeah, think yeah. that instilling you in grade five saying, you know what, now it's the big leagues and now it's the big leagues, I think that may have in hindsight, helped you at the age of 17, 18 when you're going for, you know, your first nationals and Olympic trials sort of stuff. Like, hang on, it's not just me now. It's everyone that that has been and will be sort of thing. Yeah, So definitely. continue. Yeah, so, but it was just like at 17, I, I, like you said, it came to that realisation. Realization. I was like, oh, you know, this is, I think I got a silver at nationals. And I was like, Good. yeah, and I, I, as at like age nationals, as in like in my age group. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, Wow, like that's that's amazing like how good and then i kind of realized like oh my god you know this There's is a whole other step i've got to go yeah. to um and i as well my mom always instilled in me you know school comes first school yeah. comes first and yeah. so i was doing well in school i was getting good grades got a good op and whatnot um again I, to anyone who doesn't know that's not from queensland an op is an atar sorry continue yes. yeah 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 um and so i was kind of at that stage and I didn't really know what I really wanted to do outside of um, school. Like yep. all I kind of knew is I really wanted to represent Australia in something. No matter no matter what it was, you were gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I sat down with my mom and I was like, I originally kind of I kind of wanted to do medicine, um, but I'm not okay. going to study. Um, sit down and study, and I knew how much study that involved. Uh, so I vetoed that. Um, and <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, and so I sat down with my mum and I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Um, and a, a counsellor said, like, hey, your grades in science and math are really good. Um, yep. You'll probably really enjoy engineering. Um, so I did more involvement, um, looked up what engineering involved, thought it was pretty good. Um, I was like, yeah, I'll give that a go. Um, but my mum said, like, you know, do you want to represent Australia? And I was like, yes, like, that's my main goal. She said, how about over the next year, you finish school, you take a gap year and you just devote your life to swimming. Just yeah give it a go um and so i was like yep you know what that seems like a good idea so the next year i just didn't study or anything um just, what you studied was swimming basically yeah 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 and i just swam um and i saw pretty good progress and i think at at, at 18 um and you know some kids are making the olympic team at 18 uh, mm-hmm. but i wasn't one of them but i said you know what i'll i'll give this a go i'm, I'm gonna try and make the olympic team yeah um and I think that was about 2013, 2014. So just finished the London cycle. Yep. Um, I went to Olympic trials for London, didn't make a final or anything, but yeah. it's a really good experience. It um, would have been definitely, because you, you, then you could be like, right, okay, that's where the bar's at. That's where I yep. need to be for the next Olympics. Yep, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, next thing, um, just kept training. Um, I did go back to uni the following year to, you know, start my engineering degree. Um, yep. And how did that go as in trying to balance the intensity of hot, like 
um, what's the word, high performance swimming yeah. to with engineering degree? Oh, it's tough. It's really tough. Like I was pretty fortunate. I, I, I did kind of part-time and full-time here oh, that's and good. to try and balance it out. Um, yep. Like uh, maybe on to, you know, when I was in the Olympic team or whatnot, if it was a really, really busy semester, I would do maybe one or two subjects. If it yep. wasn't, I'd do three um, kind of thing. I was trying to balance it out. Um, and then, yeah, I think it was about 2015. I moved coaches to a new coach and, um, which just, if you don't mind me asking, why did you make the decision to change coaches? Um, it was actually a kind of a forced decision. My coach, oh. um, Matthew Brown, that um, I got along really well with and everything. Um, he was moving down to Melbourne okay. um, yeah. and he had asked me to follow him. Um, but realistically, I just couldn't afford to move out yeah. of home and all not, that Not just that, but also your, your degree would have been, you know, yeah. it, trying to get a transfer, all that sort of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I want to stay in Brisbane anyway. Um, and yeah. so I moved to your coach, uh, Vince Raleigh. Yep. Um, who kind of looked at my events at the time? I was kind of training for the two hundred freestyle, two hundred meter okay. freestyle. I was actually going to ask if, it, if while we're on the topic, what were your, for lack of a term, pet events? As people who may not know what that means, basically your, you know, two to four, um, the best of like swimming events that you that you do or and or did. Yeah. So, so this is where it comes into play. Like I was doing, um, with with Matthew, I was training for the two hundred and four hundred meters freestyle. Yep. Um. And I dabbled in the 1500. Yeah. And I, I dabbled in it. Um, I was going to say by dabble, like, did you do actual events in it or did you yeah. just train in it? Uh, no, I always raced it, okay. but I didn't do the training volume that was required for it. <laughs> okay. Um, gotcha. And when I went to Vince, um, he looked at my times and he said like, what's your training regime normally like? And I gave him what I did. Um, pretty much what I used to do was six K six kilometer sessions. Um, yeah. And I did, I think, eight eight sessions. Um, yep. That was maybe about six Ks. He pretty much said to me straight up, he's like, All right, uh, looking at your time you do 1500, looking at your training sessions that you tell me you do, you know, if you actually did the work, you'd be really good at the 1500. Yeah, and you'd I be said, Kieran Perkins level. <laughs> yeah, and I said to him, I was like, well, I'm prepared to do whatever it takes, you know. Yeah. Um, give, it, give it to me, I'll do it. Um, and... Originally, he didn't tell me this till afterwards, but he thought I was bullshitting in terms oh. of the sessions that I did. Um, oh, wow. He's like, there's no way that you do the 1500 with that type of work. And I was like, <laughs> well, I do, but, you know. Yeah. And I remember my, my first 8K session, yeah. um, I was bugged. Yeah, well, because you're used to 6Ks. Yeah, yeah. So it's an additional 2K just on a one session. And I just got out of the pool. I was just bugging. The next day, I could barely like move my arms. And this was sorry, consecutive like AK sessions. Yeah, um, like we did a number in a row. And I just couldn't swim. <laughs> and he's like, "You're really not used to this, are you?" I was like, "No, like I don't do this. I do six Ks, um, not eight Ks." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he's like, "Okay." Um. Anyway, fast forward from 2015 to 2016, I did it. Yeah, so another Olympic year. At this point, you did make the Olympic team, as far as I'm led to believe. Continue. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so I did 12 months of that type of training, trained properly for the 1500. And, uh, I think no one really had me as that. So, um, you were like a dark horse, like a smoky yeah. sort of thing. So, and so for everyone who doesn't really know swimming too well, um, one of the process of getting selected for the Olympic team in swimming is, um, Obviously, we're a very, very strong Olympic swimming country. Absolutely. Um, if anything, it's our best event. Yeah. So we have 
um, for the Olympic qualifying, you have two qualifying times. You have an A time and a B time. Yeah. The A time allows a um, a big country to enter two swimmers. Yeah. Um, a B time allows a lesser country to enter one swimmer. Okay. Um, and the B time is not very hard. Um, like, as in, it's probably this equivalent to, um, you know, 14-year-old um, doing well at nationals kind of thing. Gotcha, um, okay. It's not very difficult. The A time is difficult, but it's not crazy out of proportion. Uh, well, especially if you're at an elite level to be able to go for the A time as well. Yes, essentially, Australia should have two swimmers be able to hit the A time. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you might have eight. Um, it is quite rare as well for an, a nation such as Australia and America to have two A-time 1,500-metre swimmers as well because it's such a long distance. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Um, and then, so what... But Swimming Australia pretty much said that we don't want to send people to be spectators. We don't want to yeah. send someone just to go, just to come 20th, um, yeah, which gotcha. I don't agree with. But Okay, so like you'd, you'd rather... like. Kind of like when, sorry to put a footy analogy, kind of like when it comes to state of origin, you know, there's youngsters that won't actually play in the game, but they'll be put into the squad so they can get that experience of what it's like. So it can take exactly. their sports like the next level. Same thing with the Olympic. Your vibe is, there's an, your opinion is sort of put us in the squad for lack of a better term so we can go there, get the experience, see what it's like and what it yeah. takes to, you know, win sort of thing. Yes. And, and as well, um, like their whole premise is they don't want to take people um, spectating and whatnot. Just because you might like some people perform really well under pressure. So like yep. putting back to footy analogy, you might have a young kid and you go, you know what, we're going to put him in, see how he goes, and he yep. might perform. Carves might, up. Yeah, and then the next thing you know, you know, he's the next Darren Lockyer. Like, yeah. Um, I love that you use Darren Lockyer as well. That's a fucking great thing. <laughs> and so you just, um, I, I, in my opinion, if you make the the FINA A qualifying time, yeah, you deserve to go it's absolutely just absolutely matter, just a matter of that if you're good um, enough to make the time you're good enough to make the squad exactly so what they pretty much did though was create a swimming australia qualifying time which was the, that's a bit of fuck around sorry yeah, for that word but no, yeah. right. so it the, the qualifying time is now equivalent to the eighth fastest time um from the last year's world championships okay um, so, so essentially saying so the that, slowest in the final basically yeah exactly yeah. Exactly. So it's saying that if you hit this time, you should make your final, which you should be, and then you're competing for a medal kind of thing. Yeah. If you yeah, don't yeah. make that time, you're technically not going to make a final. You're um, too slow for the squad. Yeah, exactly. Which, That's, again, that doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, which goes back to my point of yeah. Um, if you miss it by point one, you know, you could still go make a final, maybe get a medal. Like, yeah. If you're missing um, it by like 10 seconds, then then bugger off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but by point so, one, geez. Yeah, so so back to to uh, 2016 Olympic trials for me. Um, yeah. The qualifying time is pretty hard. It was a 14. So, so to interrupt. So so with this Olympic trials 2016, was this thing that we just that you just spoke about implemented yet? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It, was a, it was the first Olympics to have it implemented. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so someone coming up going to their first, trying to go to the first Olympics, I was pretty. I was like, this is bullshit, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think the, the Olympic A qualifying time was like 1507, 1508, if okay. I remember. Yep. Um, the Australian qualifying time was 1457. Um, okay, that's a bit of a stretch, Australia and, swimming and, show. I'm sorry, but... And anyone knowing swimming, 15 minutes is a bit of a barrier in the... Um, 1500, so 1500 yeah, it, it is. It, it's like if you break 15 minutes, you're now considered a Goat. very good 1500 swimmer. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and <laughs> and so that, that's literally Kieran Perkins. That's Grant Hackett. That's that that sort of stuff. Yeah, and so going into it, um, no one really had me there. They they knew oh, Jack will be probably second or third. Yeah, um, but um, not in the fifteen one, minute bracket. Yeah, my very good friend Mac Horton, he was killing it. Um, yeah. And I was like, Mac's gonna make it. Mac's gonna like get close to the world record. Beyond that, no one's there. Um, no one's going to make that qualifying time. Like, we could make the 1508 qualifying time, but we won't make the, the new time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, just the but I'm, waiting, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for you to pull something out of your ass, and it's going to be something like the Nationals again. Continue. Yeah, but the, the progress that I had made with my new coach was just, like, leaps Next. and bounds. Like, the stuff I was doing in training, I was, I was pretty much hitting my PBs in training. Um, well, not just that. As you were mentioning just before, you were, you went from six kilometers per session to eight kilometers per session, yeah. which over time massive increase. Over a week, uh, over a week, <laughs> I was normally doing about forty kilometers a week, yeah. um, and then I jumped up to about seventy, seventy-five. Yeah, um, that's a massive increase, and over time that would just make your stamina and your endurance even better. Yeah. So, and like I said, like the like lead up meets and everything, like I was hitting my PBs and. Um, Everyone, everyone swims a bit differently outside of the season. Um, yeah, of some people will be right on their PBs. Some people like me, um, I was so far over my PBs <laughs> in season because I was training hard. Yeah. And that's how my body worked. So, so in me, the sense of, so basically you were training hard and then swim and then like you were training 8Ks to do a 1.5K race. So it was literally like light work by this point when you're in yeah, season. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I knew that when I had a rest and a taper, my times would be dropping. Um, yeah. Anyway, so back to the race. Uh, I ended up swimming a fourteen forty eight. No, um, you didn't. Which I got me second and got me under the time. Got, got you me second at fourteen forty eight. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. So it was a really good swim. Um, and so that got was me. That, was that against Mac? What was that? Was that against your mate in that race too? Yeah, yeah. And he went. He went a fourteen thirty nine. So I was going to say, hopefully, he's the only one that beat you in that race. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, he killed it as well. Um, but anyway, and so that was just like that's kind of where my career just kind of took this huge just leap and just turn around of like me yeah. scraping, trying to like make a team. Um, and I just yeah, really to turning heads. Yeah, really like firmed my place on the team. Um. Um, I ended up going to Rio. I was going to um, say, and what was the Rio experience like? Not not just the as a swimmer, but as a you know a representative of Australia, as a even a holiday for lack of a better term. And also, did you get a chance to watch any other disciplines and events while you were there? Yeah, so Rio was really good. Um, it was it was tough definitely for me because the fifteen hundred was on the eighth day, oh. um, and so I was literally sitting there just like waiting. Did to- you do any other races or just the fifteen? I just had the fifteen hundred. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was just sitting there ready to race, but I just had to wait and wait and wait and wait. Um, Would have got your nerves going so bad. Yeah, yeah. And it was really good just like watching all the swimming and um, watching all my friends and everything. It was like, it was, it was such a surreal experience. It was, you know, a dream come true as a kid, like getting- Did you get the rings tattooed on you after that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've got it on my forearm up Very here. Very nice. Um, yeah. Oh, and you've got the, the years that you've represented in- Yeah, yeah. In so numerals. Uh, it's the Olympiads. So yep. it's like, judge, like- so that's the 31st Olympiad and yep. 32nd Olympiad. Yep, they're the ones that you competed at. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Sorry, continue. And yeah, so I was just waiting and I was like, oh, this is um, painstaking. Um, anyway, I saw an okay race. wasn't yep. great. Um, again, like going back to the analogy of, you know, you're going against the best of the best. Like each That's the best in the like, world. Yeah, this is this was like, you know, the pinnacle. pinnacle. <laughs> Peak, um, absolutely. And in the 1500, you have to swim a heat's. 
and yep. then the final. So you have to qualify for the final. Yep. So you have to be doing three Ks just before you even make the final, basically. Yeah. And so now the heat, like the heat isn't easy. It's, you know, you've got now 20 guys who can go sub 15 minutes yep. trying to get eight spots. So it's, and it's super tactical of like, you don't want to spend too much energy, especially in the 15 for like a hundred meter or 200 meter race. You can just go max and oh, yeah. do a really good time because it, you can recover by the final. For like 15, quicker, yeah. It's super rare to see someone go a max swim and then do it again. Most yeah. of the time, the people who are winning are the ones who are able just to get their like a good enough time to get in and then do the race. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so Literally, the, the, the heat is like a warm up for the actual final yeah. for 1500s. So like, for example, Grand Hacker, Kim Perkins, they would yeah. go in the heat around like a 1445 to 1450. Yep. And then they'll be able to drop it down to like a 1434. Um, yeah. That was Grand Hacker, for example. It um, was, so yeah. He, he had a good buffer. Um, I wasn't quite at that level. Um, so I, I still had to, you know, go max. Um, uh, for, unfortunately, I missed it by 0.6. Um, in the 1500s, so I was like, ah, but you know, it, for me, it was a learning curve. It was my first ever big meet Olympics as well. Um, so it's a bit of a learning curve for me. Um, and, but apart from that, um, learned a lot, learned how to, you know, be around these, you know, cause I was walking past Michael Phelps, like every day. You've grown up watching. And idolizing, um, being on the same team as Kate Campbell, um, and Emily Seabom and all that stuff did like you know, the people that were huge um, when I was growing up. So You're getting goosebumps just hearing those names. Yeah. So that, so, and that, so that was a learning experience. And then after the swimming was done, it was just like really, really cool being able to go um, and watch other sports. Like, What um, was your favorite sport to watch? I wouldn't say. Rugby sevens <laughs> or rugby nines or whatever it was. Rugby sevens we actually couldn't watch because it was the first day. So it was finished by the time we were actually able to go and watch yeah. other sports. But they were cool. it was cool to watch on TV. But yeah. um, it was it wasn't my favorite sport, but it was definitely probably my fondest Olympic memory mm-hmm. of watching um, because we were there for Usain Bolt's um, 100 meters and 200 meters. Oh, yeah. um, and so we were right on the line. We saw him finish, so, you know, saw the race. Like that was, it was really, really cool. Um, and so that was probably one of the highlights was getting to see people like that. And um, as well, like I remember walking through the village and they had these tennis courts and soccer courts like in the, in the village wow. just for people to practice and whatnot. And I remember walking past and um, Novak Djokovic was having a hit with his hitting partner. Yep. And it was just like a small little crowd just around, just, just watching. Yep. Um, and you just walk past these people like in the dining hall, you walk past. Right As if they're the like bar. everyday people. Yeah. Yeah. And no, like, every, you know, those big players like Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, Usain Bolt, they get it like, oh my God, like, can I get a photo and whatnot? Um, but there's these like, you know, top of the range athletes and but they're just normal people in this village because you know everyone's there as i said everyone there is literally the top people of the sport that they're that they're competing in so it's like it's like no other day no other meet just going for a gold in in olympics instead yeah yeah so it's it's really cool seeing seeing all that and that's probably one of the highlights um and it, you, you do have like the really big names, you know, like Usain Bolt, Le, LeBron James, and everything. Like when they come in, you know, they don't stick around because they do no. get a lot of attention. And yeah. um, like even like myself, um, you know, Michael Phelps. And I was like, you know, it's 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 super. Yeah, it's really funny because he, I, I luckily I wasn't racing him. Um, yeah. He doesn't do my events. I don't do his events. Yeah. So I was fine asking for a photo, but yeah. I feel like if I was racing him, I'd feel super awkward about. Oh. Him. 
I, I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't if I was racing against him. No, no not until at least all the races were over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, you do see some people like, I remember um, one of the boys, he was racing in one of the relays. Throw him under the bus. What's his name? <laughs> oh, I actually can't remember who it was because it was in a relay. And I okay. just remember one of them at the end, um, it was them and the US team waiting to get their medal presentation. Yep. Who won that race? Was it Australia or America that won it? Uh, I think it was America. I think we got silver or bronze or something. Yeah. But I just remember one of the boys, um, this is, someone told me afterwards, apparently he was, they were all sitting there um, getting ready to go out to get their medals. And yep. he's sitting in this like waiting area kind of thing. And he was saying to the boys, like, oh, I really want to get a photo of Phelps. I don't know. Like, can I ask him here or whatever? And they're like, yeah, just do it. Just do it. And so it's just like awkward. You've had to go out to get it like medals. And you're like, yeah. oh, I just grab a quick selfie. So, <laughs> um, but but he's he's really cool with it. Um, That's good then. And, and you see like um, all these really top athletes, they've got this different um, mannerism around them and like they, they can handle all that so well. Like yeah. I remember watching, um, uh, I think it was Usain Bolt, he was walking to the bus and I saw him from a distance and someone said, oh, can I get a photo? And he's like, yeah, but I'm getting this bus. I'm about to race. Like I don't want any distractions. Um, I'm walking there. If you can go get your photo, I mean, get your phone, um, get someone to take it while I'm walking. Yeah. Um, all good. And they're like, yeah, no worries. And so they like grabbed a phone and a friend. They went and up a bit of the road. Like as Usain Bolt was walking, they like jumped in. Like walked style. alongside him sort of thing. Yeah, walked beside him. Um, And he quickly put like his arm around, smiled yeah. and then kept walking. Yeah, um, that's so professional. And so like, and I, I think that from my set point, when I was young, upcoming, I was like, you know, if these guys can do it, I can, I can always, you know, and that was one of my things of if kids ask for anything, yeah. always make the time to do it because, you know, it makes, and there's some it, it may just stuff. be a ten, 10 seconds out of your day, but that kid will remember that for the rest of their life. Yeah, exactly. And just being out, and I was like, you know, you can do it quickly. You don't have to linger around and talk and everything yeah. you can just keep walking and grab a quick photo. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so that was kind of like one of the cool um, Olympic thing experiences, definitely. That's really cool. And obviously you went through um, a difficult time being the Tokyo Olympics because obviously COVID hit, they, mm. it was postponed for a year and then it was, you know, um, lockdown central for lack of a better term. You know, there wasn't as much freedoms at the Athletes Village as 2016. What was mm. that like and how did it differ obviously greatly to Rio? And also, were the beds made out of cardboard? <laughs> uh, beds were made out of cardboard, but okay. it was like the frames. Oh, uh, okay. okay. So it was like, it was actually... Like very sturdy beds. Um, okay. There's a big deal made out about. Yeah, I know. That's why I thought about it. Was just like, it's just and it's whatever. It's just yeah. that's what it is. Um, but yeah, Tokyo is very different. Um, I had a bit of a rough uh, year with COVID just because okay. I was kind of coming to the end of my career. Yeah, uh, had a lot of like up and coming swimmers and whatnot, and you know, a year for me, I, like I was kind of in my prime. I, t- t- 2019, I had a really good year. Yep. And I was like, you know, this is leading into another really good year. Um, and then for a year to be taken out, like a year yeah. in swimming is massive. You can go up and down so much. And so that was super tough for me, um, having to sit out for a year because I was like, you know, I was ready. I was in my prime. Yeah. Um, this yeah, was- like, I could get gold tomorrow. I don't yeah, care who, yeah. who's in my way. Yeah. And I was like ready. Um, so that was tough. Um, but come Tokyo, you know, I had a really good Olympic trials. Um, I was really confident. I was still swimming really well. So, you know, it ended up okay. But um, as, as in terms of the, the, the meet itself, Tokyo, it was very weird, you know, masks yeah. everywhere, whatnot. Um, 
having to go on to Rio really, really helped. I knew exactly what um, I needed to do. And as well, like I've been to Com Games before. I've been in villages. I, yeah. I knew how to... How it worked, basically. Yeah. And um, for anyone who doesn't really know well, um, the way it works, you all, you all stay in a village. Um, yeah. You have different apartments. It's like blocks. a mini self-sustained city almost at this point. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You have your, your food and dining area. You have... Hairdressers, everything. Hairdressers, yep. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in Rio, you had a Macca's. Um, oh, yes. Just like you have all the, it's it's literally a city, um, a very, very small city. Um, yeah. But then you have your bus departure zone and all that stuff. But you might be going walking. You know, if you come back, uh, if you want to go to lunch, you might have to, I think we measured it in Rio. We were walking, I think it was 1,500 meters to the dining hall, yep. 1,500 meters back. Then, you, then you have to go to the bus, which is then like another 1,500 meters. So you're walking like 6Ks just to get food and then get on a bus to go swim. Yeah. Um, so having a you know huge benefit of I knew how everything worked. I knew what I needed to do. Um, so I actually, every time I was racing, I never went to the dining hall. I just had, um, you know, those, you know, those woolly heat up rice packets. You yep. Can get? yep. Yep. And uh, those little tuna, um, cans yeah yep yep just let you heat that up in the microwave um as it was protein and um carbs and so yep. and um, it was in the microwave you didn't have to walk 1500 meters yeah and the and you know it was also like 35 degrees humid in tokyo at that time yeah. um and masks as well and i was just like no nah, i'm just chilling the aircon with my yep. rice and tuna um yeah. so that was a huge benefit um and and yeah and it was it was, a, it was very different olympics of hand sanitizing everywhere which is you know you should be doing that anyway but yeah um just like just general gist of things were different there's no spectators um but i was i was lucky that i experienced in olympics before before covid bs yeah yeah so i knew what to expect what to do and so having no spectators having a different olympics was fine for me because i was just like it's it's whatever um i i will say you know we we were really looking forward to seeing Tokyo. We were fortunate enough to have, we've been to Tokyo plenty, plenty of times for swimming. Um, yeah. So it wasn't a huge thing for us to miss out on Tokyo, but we were excited for, to experience the Tokyo Olympics because yeah. that would have been really, really special. We think they would, they would have done such a good job. It um, would have been next level, I reckon. Yeah. And they did do such a good job for the circumstances that they had. Um, I do feel um, bad for the, the kids who that was their first Olympics. Um, yeah. Sorry for saying kids, but they were well, young. They were. Yeah, like, and they were coming they were. up. It was their first Olympics. And for some of them, that might be their only Olympics. Yeah. Um, you know, there's to go to Olympics is a huge achievement. To go to multiple is massive. And it's to go an, an anomaly at this point. Yeah. And to so going to one is a huge achievement. And to have that one be your own Olympics. Um because like I said, one of my huge Olympic um memories is going to different sports. Um yep. I was gonna say, did you get that chance to go and watch other sports in Tokyo or, or no, not really? No. So we had um there was a it was it was a bit of a debacle. So yeah. so what happened was in the way that it worked was the rule was once you competed swimming, um, once you finished competing, you had forty eight hours to leave the um to leave the village. Oh, geez, um, like you had to head home, sort of thing. Yeah, and that also meant if you were finished your events on swimming, yeah, even if you finished on the second day, yeah, the fuck off by the fourth latest. Yeah, um, and Swimming Australia fought the Olympic Committee about this. Yeah, um, good. They're like, you know, we want our team to be together. We're one team. 
Um, yeah, the, the the Australian Dolphins are no less than the Australian Kookaburras field hockey team. Sort yes, of thing. exactly. And they're like, we don't want people disrupting someone being like, oh, I'm moving out today. Like, I'm leaving goodbye. Like, good yeah. luck for your race. Um, kind yeah. of thing. Um, it's just a shit environment to have. Um, and so they really toxic fought about almost. Yeah, they really fought about this. Um, and it wasn't the AOC. It was it was actually the just the the rule of the village. Yeah. Um, but, so it was it so it it wasn't a so sorry you said it was the rule of the village so it wasn't the actual Olympic the International Olympic Committee's ruling it was just like a guideline please be out by for, for forty eight hours sort no of thing. It, it wasn't actually like oh a, oh yeah, okay yeah That's um right. and so semi Australia did, actually did a very crafty sneaky thing which mm. I love them for it was very clever what um, they do so the last day the last event of the Olympic program is the four by hundred medley relay. Um, for both males and females. Yep. When you enter your relay team, yep. you enter anyone anyone possible that you would want to swim. So they put everyone as possible. Yes. yes. Um, and you don't actually nominate your team until, until the day. Morning. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that kept you guys still so there. I, yeah. So I was eligible. Um, to be fair, I had the 1500. Um, yeah, true, true, so true, it true. didn't really matter. But yeah. for someone else, they were eligible to swim the 100 freestyle in the medley relay. Are I they love that. Swim, um, other than Carl Chalmers, oh, hell no. I, um, I love that so they, much that were, Swimming yeah. Australia did that loophole. Yeah, but they were eligible. Um, and so we were all able to stay until the last swimming day. That um, would have been great, which is the last day, technically. Yeah, for it? us, yeah. 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 Oh, there's another week. Oh, so, okay, yep. So that, and but you still got to stay, day. like, say someone bad out in the second day, they got to stay to like, the seventh or eighth day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so... Once all the swimming was done, then we had 48 hours to leave. So technically you went for 10 days, almost. If you you left it to like the last few hours of the 48. Um, But the next, like like I said, swimming has a really good in the Olympics because you finish in the first week. So you have the second week to sightsee, watch all the sports, have fun. Um, It's really, it's a really fun experience. Um, Yep. So that was sad having to do, leave that. Um, luckily, I experienced in Rio, but like I said, with the you know other people, they might not ever experience that again. Um, so, so it was different. It was sad, but um, it is what it is. Um, and at least we got to stay as a team. And last yeah. night we did have a few drinks together, like in our rooms, and celebrate because um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure that was the most successful Olympic swimming team ever. Oh um, wow. We won the most gold medals that any Olympic team has done. So you know, it was like any Australian sport. Olympic team or any any international. Olympic? Wow, that's, that, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. So we were all super, you know, excited, and um, we everyone swam really well, and so it, we just had some quiet drinks, just just the team, and um, yeah, it was good. So we did get a nice bonding experience. That's awesome. Um, so we've just covered your time in the Olympics, and it, what a whirlwind, as you said, it was the peak where you could go and see every sport basically that you're able to in 2016 to being limited to the 2020 slash 21 Olympics. Obviously this year is an Olympic year, as we mentioned in the start of the episode being the Paris Olympics. Um, obviously you are now a retired prof- uh, professional swimmer sort of thing. Um, when did you sort of realize, cause you did dabble in just before, but when did you realize, you know what, maybe it's time to, you know, focus on other things in my life, you know, time to step away from the swimming sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, probably. Cause we're the okay. same age and 28 is, um, for lack of a better term, um, unheard of these days to retire from swimming per se as well. Yeah. So I was, um, 
I think leading to Tokyo, I kind of had in my head of this might be my last one. Like, I don't yeah. know whether I can do Paris. Um, I did very well at uni in my engineering degree. Um, I ended up gradu- graduating with a 6.6 GPA. Um, nice. Anyone doesn't know, it's, it's, it's out of seven. Um, yeah, that's so disgustingly I, good. <laughs> so I graduated with like first class honors and stuff. And so I had a, I didn't want to, you know, wait till 50 um, to start yeah. and be a grad essentially. Yeah. So, and I didn't like, you know, I wanted to be in the executive roles and everything. And I was like, you know, you, you got to start getting experience. Um, and I was swimming really well. Um, and I said, you know what, I want to end on my note. I want to end yep. on a high note. Um, I want to end on my terms. Um, and so I had, you know, if I was swimming well, um, this might be my last one. Um, end up swimming really well. Um, you know, PBs, I had my best ever year. Um, I got silver in the 400-meter freestyle. We love that. Um, at at the Tokyo Olympics. Um, and, you know, I was 0.1 off a gold medal, which, which really, like, cut me deep. Um, that would cut me so fucking deep. Yeah, so it was rough, but, yeah. I would you say, back, so, so didn't travel, would you say that you were your worst, uh, your own worst critic at times? Oh, 100%, yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Um, and so getting a silver medal, I looked back on it and I looked at what I was doing. Um, I was doing extra training sessions by myself, just in yeah. a random pool, just because like, I just didn't want to leave any, I didn't want to leave any questions of what if I did this? What if I yeah. did that? Um, if I trained harder, if I did like, um, and looking back on it, when I had finished the race and I came second, I got a silver medal at the Olympics in a individual event. It wasn't a relay. It was exactly. just me. Um, and I looked back and I went, could I go any faster? Um, mm. And I looked at the training I did, looked at everything, and, I was, and hand on my heart, I said to myself, I don't think I could. Well, um, you, as you said, you were doing the extras, like not the extra extras and everything you could. Yeah, exactly. And I just went, I don't think I could go any faster than what I just did. Um, and when I look back on my career, that's what I wanted to finish off with. I wanted to finish off and say, that's the best I can do. There it is. Um, not just that, but you are forever etched in Olympic history as a medalist at the Olympics. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I finished off on a really high note and I looked back and went, that's that's all I got. <laughs> um, and so, and I knew I wanted to get into the engineering world. I wanted to get in the corporate world. And so I, you know, I was going to take a year out of the sport, see how it was. Yep. Um, I did have like a semester or two left in my degree. So I, I need to get that done. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to get that done and I need to start working as well because to graduate, you actually had like 60 days of experience. Okay. Um, and I had never, uh, no. Nah. <laughs> you've been putting that off because you've been doing other things. <laughs> yeah. So I had to do that. Um, and then at the end of that, I realized, I, I looked back on it again and I went, can I go any faster? No. Nah. And I was like, am I missing it? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I missed the competitiveness and the camaraderie and training for my friends and everything. Yeah. But the actual swimming, um, you know, it was like 40, 45 hours a week of physical exercise. And I was just like, I, I, I was just like that's that's me. That's me done. Um, and so... I I firmly believe I could have kept going, could have made a couple more teams, maybe could have made the Paris team, um, but I just... Had other priorities now. Yeah, um, and and I said, like I said, was I going to get better than a silver medal? Um, was I going to swim faster? I don't think I was. And, um, and, and if you had thought the realistic, re- the realistic answer was yes, then I definitely think you would have pushed for a, a France, a Paris spot, sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And 
swimming isn't a sport where you know we're getting paid. No, it, it's um, if if I was getting paid bulk money, you know, I would have kept swimming. Yeah. Um, but we, most of us do it for the love, um, yep. love of the sport, and because we're such a competitive yep. environment and competitive people, that's why we love swimming. Um, and that's why we love it so much and we do it. Um, we don't do it for the money. Um, and so that's why I was kind of like, you know what, you know, uh, I was going out with my girlfriend at the time for eight years. I wanted to propose, I wanted to get married um, and, you know, have k- kids with her in the future. Um, and to do that, I was like, you know, I need to start working, um, be an engineer, um, start, you know, outside of the sport. Literally start planning for your future. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that's why that's when I called it, and I think I called it twenty seven, twenty six, maybe. Yeah, remember? Um, yep. I think it's twenty six. Um, and then yeah, um, stopped swimming, joined the corporate day grind. <laughs> um, and, and and how how's that treating you these days? Uh it's good. It's yep. it's very different. Um, <laughs> I the biggest thing for any if any kids listen to this, um, and have a idea if they want to be an Olympian or sport in general. Like even if you're like want to be a footy player and whatnot, like you gotta have a backup plan. Um because sport doesn't last forever. And there's very, very few, even if you're the best footy player in the world, um, and that comes with it's there's very few. You know, you you got your Jonathan Thurston, Darren Lockyers. Um, maybe a Cam Smith and yeah. maybe when he retires to a check, but that's maybe about it. Yeah, and they are the best of the best. And they are now um, media media and so they've they've made a full-time career out of them their personality um i knew it was swimming we had no chance of that um there's a couple in thorpe Sears and neil they've made yeah. a career out of swimming um i knew for myself i wouldn't um so engineering um which i loved um and i was good at physics and math um and that's what i really enjoyed so i knew that that was going to be a career path outside so when i finished swimming i could go into that have a job um yeah. There's a lot of people who don't have that and, you know, it's tough. Um, and honestly, I don't know how they do it because I found it tough. Um, I did yeah. really well at school. I did really well in engineering um, and I still found it tough because I was coming out um, and the work that I, the work environment that I'm in now, these, um, I was very fortunate enough to get a very good job uh, with people who are the top, top of their field, um, do a lot of expert witnessing stuff and a lot of advanced engineering skills. Um, so I'm, I'm learning so much from them. Um, yeah. It's a very small unit. Um, so I was very fortunate to get invited and to get a job with them essentially because um, they're teaching me uh, and they are excellent. Uh, but it is tough coming out of I was one of the best in the world at what I did. Um, yeah. I, I knew that I was so good. Um, and then I come into this environment and it's like starting from a baby, like, so yeah. it's like learning to swim again. And I'm yeah. like, Oh my God, like what, where like it's just, it's just difficult. Um, and so I was fortunate enough to be able to, you know, leave swimming, go straight into a, a full-time good job, but God, it, it that is. That transition though. Would oh, have been... I still struggle with it now. Like I've only kind of just started getting in terms of, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. Just got to give it my all kind of thing. And I still struggle with it. Um, it's just tough coming from being the best at what you do to now starting at the bottom again and yeah. trying to learn work your way skills, up and learn yeah, things and learn new skills, learn how to do things. Um, I was great at swimming, working hard. Now I'm doing calculations all day and having to try and um, do that part. Um, and it's just a different skill. Uh, 
and so that bits I'm finding really tough. But other than that, you know, it's it's really good. It's um, I have you know free reign to now to do stuff on weekends, and um, I can do stuff that I enjoy, um, like going skiing over Christmas, all that stuff, um, I, which is stuff that I never really got to do as swimming because yeah. it just consumed your whole life. Exactly. Um, so it's it's really nice being able to do stuff outside of sport and socialize with friends i was never really a big drinker i never drank and so i was gonna say I, that actually brings up a great topic sorry to interrupt because okay. I, it literally was just playing in my head just before you brought this up and it's um it's to do with that sort of stuff so as you'll see on social media you know rugby players or you know they have an escape from that high intense sport like some play golf some mm-hmm. play video games etc what was your escape from you know the high intensity of like high level swimming um, when I was swimming, it was uh, video games and my now wife. Um, okay. Emily. Um, what was your video game of choice? Oh, God, so many throughout the years. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think during, during high school it was World of Warcraft, and yep. then outside of high school it was League of Legends. Okay. Um, I, was, I just I liked logging in, meeting up, well, not meeting up, but like having friends, play games with them. It's yep. just outside of swimming. Didn't, um, and it's just relaxing as well. Um, yeah. I always found it really tough with the sport. People really enjoy, you know, getting outside. They love going to the beach. And, and I was like, it was like, no, I just yeah. want to be chilling like, at home. <laughs> I'm chilling at home. I'm sitting in my aircon and I'm just sitting on a couch, um, even play video games or watching TV. Um, and what, what's, what's a show that you're currently either binging or your favorite show in general? Um, shows. I'm not a huge series watcher. Um, okay. I, I do watch a bit like, so like fantasy sci-fi, so Game of Thrones, yeah. um, and then oh, at the moment probably um, the boys, yep. um, kind of that kind of stuff. Um, I'm more of a movie person. Um, okay, well that actually tangents perfect question because yeah. I've actually got a quick fire sort of set up, and so oh, obviously it's only five quick fire questions. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the yeah. first one always is, what's your favorite movie of all time? Uh, okay, so this one's probably take a few people by surprise, but mm-hmm. it's such a banger. Uh, mm-hmm. How to Train a Dragon, greatest movie of all time. Okay, that's a fucking good one. That did that did um, send me back because the two main answers that I get from my guests, obviously being sports people, yeah. I usually either get Remember, Remember the Titans yeah, it's or, right, yeah. it's or I get Shawshank Redemption, which is yeah, the most highly reviewed movie on IMDb. Me personally, yeah. my favorite movie currently, not of all time, is the 2022 remake of um, All Quiet on the Western Front. But, uh, my, yep. but my favorite movie of all time, same genre, Saving Private Ryan. Mm, but my favorite movie genre, though, is horror. Make that make sense, right? Oh, really? Um, <laughs> fair so, enough. <laughs> I, I, I'm a pretty easy critic with movies. Um, you know those people who go to the movies? I don't know whether you're one of them. You might be. but you And they the pick movie. it apart? I fucking hate people that do that. And they come out and they go, oh, the cinematography was terrible. The lighting was terrible. I'm like... What? <laughs> what? I'm just watching it for a story, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I came out and I was like, I enjoyed that. I was, I sat down for two hours and I was entertained for two hours. I mean, there, there have been movies I've seen where I'm like, that was actually shit. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, I think there's, on top of my head, there's about two or three movies where I was like, that was bad. What um, are those ones? Oh, the, the biggest one for me was uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. You see, I haven't watched that, and thank fuck I haven't, because I've read bad reviews and I've heard things from people. I'm glad I haven't seen the it. The funny story, that was actually um, my first ever Australian squad camp. Um, okay. I was 15 years old, and yep. I was with all these other young kids. We were all the best in Australia, um, yep. and we were 
the coaches like we're going to go to a movie i think it's like a saturday we were we weren't training that that the next day sunday morning so like yep. we're going to go to a movie and we couldn't choose it because we were young and they're yeah. like we're going to go to ticket house service but we're like oh, all right so we all it, it was hyped up at the time yeah. on tv to be huge and we all were watching it all of us ended up being on our phones we we're like this is just rubbish. Um, and the coaches liked it. So maybe it might be a movie that I might enjoy now. Yeah, maybe. A bit older. But I just remember just like I was – I would have walked out if I wasn't made to sit there. Yeah, okay, yep. And what were the um, other two films like that? I can't even remember the top of my head. Um, yeah, I can't remember the top of my head. I just I, – I just remember. Then that that definitely says a lot about that movie. Then that it stood yeah. out enough to still be in your memory. I'm the biggest crowd pleaser with movies. I like I will go in and I will go. That was a good movie, and I come out and then all the reviews are just destroying it. Just like yeah. this is terrible. Like, and I was like, oh, I kind of enjoyed it. But yeah. So whatever. No, that's fair enough. Um. So another one of the quick fire questions is Apple or Android. Oh. <laughs> I, I I have an Android at the moment, okay. um, but... Uh, I do a combo. I've got an iPhone, but I've got Windows computer. Like, Or if it's that kind of question, 100% Windows. Okay, well, it, it, it's both. Like, as in Apple, Android, mainly for phones, but um, it, it can be whatever. Like, for me, as I said, I use iPhone only because 90% of my guests or, you know, people I've had on the podcast use iPhone, so it's easy to message via iMessage. But Windows for everything, whether it's gaming or editing or everything, yeah. definitely I go with a custom Windows. I'm, I'm 100% um, same as you. Um, yeah. But I will say that I am... Uh, I can be bought very easily with phones. Um, so yeah. I've never actually bought a phone since 2014. Because didn't didn't the Olympic team in 2020 get iPhones? Yeah. No, oh, so not oh, iPhones, but... No, it was a Samsung. Okay. So, oh, sorry. The, no, that's okay. I know the blur, but I can say that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So Samsung is the sponsor of the Olympics. Okay, so, yeah. So where I worked is... Uh, so did every nation get them then? Yep. Wow. So 2016, um, I got the Samsung, nice. I think it was like the S15 or something at the time. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. And it has the, the Olympic, it's a special Olympic phone. Yeah. Um, and so that was 2016. Then in 2018, mm-hmm. um, all the gold medal winners uh, from Com Games, uh, Optus gave them an iPhone. So you went um, from so you went from a gifted Samsung yeah. S15 to a gifted iPhone. Yeah. And then 2020, um, <laughs> we then got the... Uh, that phone, the yeah. the Olympic phone, and so I got that phone. Wow! Um, so I haven't actually it must be nice. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, it must be nice. Yeah. So I actually haven't bought um a phone since 2014. Is um, and so that's I so actually, it's been ten years now technically yeah, since you bought a phone. Yeah. So I should probably upgrade pretty soon, but it works. And I, don't I was going to really say that phone probably won't be outdated for maybe two or three more years. Realistically, yeah. So I'm. I'm fine with it um and, and so, honestly i don't blame you if, if you're saying that's why you have an android go for it <laughs> yeah and and but other than that like so like i'm on a windows pc at the moment yep top. same um, <laughs> three screens yeah yeah exactly yeah i got two at the moment one yep. one ultra wide <laughs> yeah yeah so i've got two and then when i'm gaming i i put my so 
Sorry to interrupt. And anyone who okay. wants a bit of an insight into me. Um, so I'm currently running a custom PC and I've got three monitors, two for the actual desktop and one for my console. So what I do is when I'm currently when I'm currently recording, I've got two screens for the desktop. And then when I go to game, I split those like that. And the yep. middle screen is my Xbox console. Uh, yeah, nice. Sort of thing. Yeah. Sorry, continue. So oh, you're, no, no. you're running Windows PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I always will. Just, yeah, oh, I, I never won't <laughs> yeah i just I, I can't um emily my wife she runs mac everything and i just she asked me to help her with something and i look, look goes and i'm just like i i don't know you have a stroke I, trying to figure I, it out i feel like a grand grandpa right now like i'm like i'm being yeah. on the back of my day but um, oh, but it is it is though it's I, I i will be honest i was running a macbook for a while but only because i didn't have the funding to get a custom pc mm, yeah like i went from a shitty situation where i literally only had my laptop um mm as in shitty life situation. So, but yeah. now I finally got actually Tuesday just gone. I got the, the desktop and I, oh, it's, nice. I love it. I, I did have one years ago. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I wanted to get back to that point And I finally got it back to that point. I'm like, yes. Anyway, I digress. Cause this podcast is not about me. It is about Thanks. Jack. The next question that's quick fire is how do you like your steak? Medium rare. Absolutely. That's the only answer. Yeah. That's that should be acceptable. Medium or medium rare, but some bloke the other day. I won't name oh. names. But anyone who wants to listen to the previous episode, go ahead. He answered medium well to well done. And oh, should I, be I, shot. I, I could let medium well slide, but he went on to say all medium or well done. And I'm just yep. like, nah. Nah, well done, nah. Just absolutely no. Nah. But I also don't want it mooing. Sort of thing. I don't want it blue. See, um, I'm, I'm I'd be more on the rare to medium rare. Okay, but not blue though. <laughs> not blue, no. But I a bit of blood in me. Yeah, it no, is. that's fair. Um, and one of the other quick fire questions was, what is your drink of choice? Uh, alcoholic drink. Uh, let's go with Any both drink. alcoholic and non-alcoholic. Uh, non-alcoholic uh, lemon lime bitters. Uh, what about this... alcoholic lemon lime bitters? So, well, yeah, I so this this goes back to i think when we went on to this quick fire question was yeah. the, the alcohol um, yes it was yes yeah when i was 18 never never really drank um yeah. i was trying to swim um and i kind of i kind of missed out on that portion of you, you know, could say it was drink life. or swim yeah <laughs> literally um i i was just so exhausted all the time that i just i didn't want to go out on a saturday night because i yeah. just wanted to you know just didn't have energy yeah exactly um and as well like a lot of people at that age, I'd go on to uni nights, which is like a Wednesday or Thursday night or something. Um, uh-huh. You know, I was training the next morning um, and I was like, I can't. Um, yeah. So I did lose quite a few friends through that um, just because... The was sacrifices just, you make for professional sport. It, it was just two separate um, paths that... Chalk and cheese is what yeah, they were. Yeah, we were going on. Um, and so, yeah, never really drank. Um, when I did, uh, it was, you know, few and far between, probably like, probably drink like actually get drunk maybe twice a year maybe yeah. um and so i never really did that um and then, the other times it was like have a quiet drink sort of thing yeah yeah exactly um and so my drink of choice um now or actually it always has been is rum um yeah okay so i'm a huge spice rum guy um, okay like captain morgan's and stuff yeah, like that 100 percent. um captain morgan said jerry kraken um yep it's spice in it yep i'm I'm good for it. Um, so that was my drink of choice um, during that period. And yep. when I finished swimming, um, you know, I, I started to, you know, dabble in, you know, drinking. But, like, yep. it's not to get drunk or anything. It's no, just no, like just I to experience to... what you haven't had the chance to. 
yeah, I, I just enjoy it. Um, go out to dinner and I'll have a um a rum and coke. Um, yep. but it's funny because now I like I never really drank. I don't really still feel like I need to experience everything now. I just yeah. go like I'm happy to have a rum and coke now because it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but back in the day I wouldn't. Um, so I'm still I still don't drink that much. Um, like example, I was at an engagement party last night and it was BYO and everyone was like, oh, where's your drinks? I'm like, I'm not drinking. And then I'm like, oh, why not? And I was like, I don't know. Because I don't want it? Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like it. And, I'm like, and they're like, yeah, fair. And, um, whereas, you know, people growing up, that was, you know, you go to a party, oh, I need drinks. Yeah. I never really had that. So, but anyway, but yeah, so rum and coke is my alcoholic. And I will have that, you know, once a, on a weekend, just a few drinks um, with my wife and, and whatnot. But yeah. Oh, that's fair enough. And um, sorry to segue out of it i need to go grab one thing real quick because it's a sponsor time to chat one second because <laughs> we're talking about alcohol and i figured why not um standard squeeze i don't know if you've heard of these guys or not but they are absolutely great this isn't promoting it to you this is just while well, i figured i may as well save me pre-recording it but guys yeah. get onto the standard squeeze for 10 percent off at checkout use our code life in sport 10 and basically it the bottle kind of looks like an oil bloody mixer bottle but what you do is you put your spirit in one side and then you open this bad boy squeeze it up and it literally fills it to one standard perfect drink every single time if you guys are going camping or fishing or boating boating camping fishing um all that sort of stuff or even if you're going for a picnic or you're going you know like you said to a shindig or a byo and you don't want to a pay the exorbitant prices of getting a 10 pack of pre-mixed drinks or you don't or you don't want to get your glass bottle broken just pop your bourbon or your rum or your vodka in this bad boy and you know you're set and it's food grade plastic so you know it's absolutely safe to store your alcohol um yeah so guys use our code life in sport 10 at checkout for a 10 percent discount anyway guys back to the episode um so we've done steak, we've done beer. So we've done steak, we've done drinks, we've done Apple, Android, we've done movies, we've done shows. I guess one sort of final quick fire question before we wrap things up with a few final questions is um, what's your favorite type of music? Oh God, I have the biggest genre. Um, I Like my playlist, I could be literally listening to Taylor Swift and the next song could be like hardcore death metal. Okay, well, well then, while we're thinking of that, then instead of what would be on what three artists or bands could we have expected to hear on your pump up playlist on you know event day? Ooh, let me quickly have a look. Absolutely. Um, there's. Uh... Next minute, you belong with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably probably the go to um yeah. is uh. It's probably not a song that people know, but it's mm-hmm. it's called Rise. Um, I actually don't know who sings it, but it's like the League of Legends anthem. Oh, uh, we love that. Um, it was just a song that I just it just got, always got me pumped up, and okay. so um, that was that was my my go to. Um, but in terms of like the different bands and stuff that um, that was always in my pump up. I'm really bad with bands and songs. All I know That's is right. like, as soon as you have just, a song, you know when you hear it, sort of. Yeah, thing. yeah. I like Amity Affliction. Yep, uh, is always in there. Uh, and then Pecking Duck. Yeah, uh, Pecking Duck. Um, however you want to say it. Um, and the Killers. Yeah, I reckon they're they're my like probably go to three for like. Get a Mr. Brightside. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, sorry. How could I forget Lincoln Park? Ah, yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so Lincoln Park, Amity Affliction, uh, Killers, um, and Peking then Duck. Peking Duck um, would be. And then favorite. also for, to calm down with it, a bit of Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit yeah. of Taylor Swift. Absolutely. Um, so that wraps up the major part of the episode, and we've just got sort of two or three final questions. Um, looking back on your swimming and sporting career, what would be your personal highlight? That's a highlight. Um, probably two. Um, yep. One would 100% be my silver medal that I got in the 403 at Tokyo Olympics. Um, yep. You know, growing up, it's your dream to go to Olympics, let alone be a medalist. Uh, <laughs> so that was the probably the biggest highlight for me um, was just that was just a phenomenal experience and, you know, dream country kind of thing. Yep. Uh, the second one would be the Gold Coast uh, come off games gold medal. Yep. They won in 1500. It was nice. just such a cool experience. Um, when you're growing up, when people say, oh, you know, the Olympics is, is in Paris, you go, oh, my God, how cool would it be to go to Paris? Um, so but when it's in your backyard on the Gold Coast? And, yeah. and when, you, when you're growing up, they go, oh, you know, Congo is going to be the Gold Coast. You'll be like, oh, man, I wanted to go somewhere. Cool. Um, like, I can go to Gold Coast any day. But you don't actually realize it until you actually get there and compete where every, like, I just remember walking out and the stadium was just full and it was an outdoor stadium. It was just huge. There was so many full. people. I was living on the Gold Coast at the time in Coomera. It was everywhere you went, everyone, oh. everything, all the time. And it was just full. And I just walked out and this was for a heat. And it just went bizarre. Just a heat, by the way, to anyone who's listening, heats. I mean, they mean everything to the swimmers and the competitors, but you the thing you don't win a gold medal. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You, you um, watch the finals. You don't yeah. really watch the the heats unless yeah. you're a swimmer um, psycho like myself yeah. and you watch everything. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and I was like, oh my god, this is for heat. Yeah. Um, and I won the heat, and they just went berserk. And I was like, wow. Well, probably because you're an Aussie as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, it's crazy. Anyway, and then the final for fifteen hundred. I was in battle with a, a Welsh guy. Um, Fuck the British. And off. I just remember just like, I felt the, because it was outdoor and it was like a temporary scaffold grandstand, yep. it was, you could feel everything. I could just, I literally felt the vibrations in Through the, the water of people cheering and stamping and all that stuff. Wow. Like this was, it that, was just that crazy. That pushed you even um, more sort of thing. Yeah, and so I think that was one of the highlights because like getting out of the pool and just having like a, like everyone standing and clapping was just like, so like fifteen thousand, maybe. Uh, That's 10, still 000, amazing. Um, it was just such a cool experience, um, and something that I'll like be telling kids um, for the rest of my life and everything. Like, and yeah, it was just cool. And have also like all my family and friends there. Um, that everyone was there. Like, um, I think for the Olympics, my parents and my girlfriend, um, now wife Emily, um, they would always go. Um, and would always come to Pan Packs and Worlds and stuff. Um. But, you know, I had all of my extended extended family there as well. Um, all of my in-laws and um, Emily's family were there as well. Uh, so it was really cool just to have everyone there and then yeah. also just, like, have the home crowd. It was, like, the biggest feeling would be, like, playing for, like, Origin at Suncorp. Yeah, um, exactly. Everyone's there for you. Um, yeah. Well, not for you, but, like, in, but, at that, in that race, yeah. they're there for you. Um, exactly. Uh, so that was really cool. Absolutely. Um. And my final question is the same question I ask every guest, and it's what's next? But what's next for Jack McLaughlin or McLaughlin? Um, I don't even know. Uh, just work. I'm um, working. I'm really enjoying work at the moment, doing some cool, complex 
stuff um, and engineering designs or whatever. So um, that's my immediate future of doing that. Um, Future-wise, um, not sure. Um, will you be watching the Olympics? Yeah, I will. I, I, I will say I probably won't be watching it hardcore um, yeah. just because it's still a bit fresh for me. Um, yeah. I haven't really been watching swimming too much. I watch my close friends, um, yeah. Zach, Mac Horton, um, Ty Hartwell, all of them. Um, and I watch them, see how they're going. Um, but then other than that, I'm just trying to take a bit of a break away from it. Um, yeah. My life's been so revolved around swimming that it's been nice to just do something else. Um, yeah, to be away from it sort of thing. Yeah. So the Olympics I definitely will be watching because I'm more interested in times and what people do. Um, but I'll try not to be too invested in it where I'm just watching yeah. it 24-7 because I've just come out of that life and I'm yeah. trying to be, you know, I'm trying to be Jack McLaughlin, the, the husband. Yeah, the husband, the engineer. Yeah, yeah, not Jack McLaughlin, the swimmer. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. Well, I mean, maybe watch some sports that you didn't get a chance to watch at 2020 because there are some that are in the Olympics again from the Tokyo Olympics that you may not have got to watch, like skateboarding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I, I honestly, I think that will probably be my biggest thing. I'll be watching different sports than, yeah. than the swimming. So, Absolutely. And I think that basically wraps up this episode. So I want to say thank you very much for joining me on the podcast, Jack. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's actually been you. it's actually been one of the longest episodes I've had in a while. So, but there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually been I, a great I've on quite a bit. I get in trouble for that a lot. Oh no, like I could I could sit and listen for heaps like for heaps more, but you know, obviously maybe the listeners can't. So yeah. I'm gonna wrap it up here. Thank you very much for your time and yeah, take care. Thank you.